Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Tony will have a conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the newest, hottest, and best trends from all walks of life. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. I'm excited to have some fun today about what may be my most favorite subject. Well, aside from podcasting, that is. So here you are, you've got a product, you've got a service, maybe you're just starting out, or maybe you're just pushing things along, trying to get to that next level. You know, you're slaving away, you're, you really want to get your product, your service to catch hold in the public eye. So here's the flash quiz question. What's the most important thing that you can do? Hey, it's a no-brainer, right? You got to tell people. And unless you got a ton of bucks to throw at it, you're going to use social media. And even if you do have a ton of bucks to throw at it, you're still going to use social media. And that's what I did to take my show to over 35 million listens in seven years, all on social media. Yeah, it works. And if you know how to do it, even somewhat right, it just, it just really takes off. And that begs the question, are there right ways and wrong ways to do social media? You probably already know the answer to that. We all have our experience. So I want you to get ready for this one. It's a hot topic. We're going to discuss revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz. And later on in this episode, we have an insider's brief about dealing with anxiety, with ways of thinking and acting that can help you stop worrying and start living. We're going to teach you how to face what you've been avoiding without giving into your compulsions to make the anxiety go away. Stay tuned for that. And a quick bonus for you at the end of this episode. You'll never believe what IBM is doing in the world of sports, such as tennis. I was extremely surprised, and I think you'd like to know about it. And please listen for news from our sponsor, Payblocks, with a special offer just for you. They're giving away $1,000 to 10 small businesses to help you grow. I'm going to tell you how to enter for this giveaway with a special code to use. And this show is available because of them. So please take note and hear what they have to say. That's Payblocks with a special offer just for you later on in this episode. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. Hey, we want to help you get really successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. And we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Meet Luke Lintz. Now, this is probably the first time I'll give you a short bio of our guest by asking you questions. I've never done this before. I'm always telling you about the guest and giving you what they've done and some of their highlights. But I'm going to start his bio by asking you some questions. Question number one, would you like a million people following you on social media, such as Instagram? Question number two, when you put out a social media post, would you like tons and tons of people to engage, like, and comment? Well, hey, if you're like me, you're already at the edge of your chair and you're thinking, yeah, of course. Well, this is what Luke does. And you can see that on his own Instagram. Let's get into it. Hi, Luke. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Tony, Tony, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is mine. We're all looking forward to learning about revolutionizing social media marketing. And before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts, Luke, you're a young kid, if I can say that, if that's politically correct. If, please don't bash me for that. How did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Yeah, Tony, thanks for asking. And thanks for everybody listening. This is going to be a really cool show. And I hope to drop some absolute gems. But where it all started in my uh, kind of entrepreneurial journey is I didn't really look at look at it as an entrepreneurial thing until uh, retrospectively, like looking back on it. But in high school, I went on a platform called Kijiji, which was like the equivalent of Craigslist in Canada. And I bought and sold things. I basically bought and sold used bicycles and I bought and sold TVs and I made a quick $100, $200, $300 profit. And I guess that is something that was like very entrepreneurial that I did 
just right off the bat, just trying to make a quick profit in high school, pay for things like my cell phone and things like that. And then nothing really happened from that until uh, going into grade 11, I was brainstorming some business ideas with my older brother, even though not having any business experience ever, I'm in high school. And it was with my older brother and his really good friend at the time. And we thought of the idea of completely wireless earbuds. And there was no wireless earbuds on the market at the time. There was no such thing as Apple AirPods, Samsung Galaxy Gear Icon, nothing like that. And we thought of the idea. And so there was nothing on the market in all of the US or internationally. And so we went onto a site called Alibaba. And it's basically a Chinese wholesale site that allows you to bulk purchase inventory of certain products. And we found a pair of wireless earbuds on there. And we're like, this is perfect. We ordered a sample and we basically purchased that. And we were like, this is it. We're going to start rolling with this. We accumulated all of our money at the time, which was about $9,000. And we purchased uh, 500 units of these wireless earbuds. So we had these wireless earbuds, have absolutely no business knowledge, no social media knowledge, no idea how to market. We just knew we had this product that was really good and we needed to find a way to sell it. So we went to the only platform we knew at the time, which was Instagram, because we used it personally and figured out a way how to market these wireless earbuds. And so what we started is we started up an Instagram page and we were like, what will make us gain traction and gain eyeballs? Because if we can gain eyeballs and if they see this product, they'll want to purchase it because there's nothing like this on the marketplace. And so what we did is we created what's called a meme page. And so we simply posted really viral meme and like topic related posts on Instagram, simply just to gain viewers and followers onto our Instagram page had nothing to do with the product at the time. And it was literally just to gain views and followers. And we did just that. We reposted other people's viral content on our page. And then in the caption of the post, we talked about our wireless earbuds. And from that, we were able to make sales just by getting hundreds of thousands of views on these meme page style videos. And so after that, basically, it just accumulated where we started filming our own content around the wireless earbuds and our own. What we did is what we did was school skits. So we created skits of us inside of high schools and universities and basically product placed the wireless earbuds into our videos and found a way for our own skits to go viral. So then this was like our entry point into branding pretty much where we went from creating these meme style videos into us creating our own videos and having the product placed in it. We ended up scaling the business to seven figures in revenue just with Instagram marketing, 100% Instagram marketing. And there was a ton of flaws with the business in terms of product-based business. We over-purchased on inventory outside of wireless earbuds and made a lot of like very fundamental mistakes. And we realized what we were really good at was building up an Instagram presence and building social media brands. And so it was at that point where we made seven figures, very little profit. We actually took a loan and went in debt. And it just made sense to transition to an agency where we helped others build up their social media presence because that's what we were really good at. Luke, this is astounding. And I'm I'm already I'm stuck on you. You've been selling these and you learned how to work Instagram. You're making seven figures. That's for us entrepreneurs and, and business people in the audience is like, hey, that's cool. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it growing. But wait a second. As you just said, you transition now. So where did this vision come from that now, oh, wait, we're going to help other people do this and help them grow their social media? How did that all evolve and, and come about? Yeah. So the transition point is actually a really good point. And it came from us with what I like to call the luxury of no other options, because at the time of the transition, we didn't have any other options. So what happened is we made seven figures of revenue specifically with just the wireless earbuds. So we had our egos going. We were, I was in high school at the time and I'm like on paper in revenue numbers, we literally are millionaires, whatever you account for that. And the profit was absolutely nothing because we were running on like 10 to 15% profit margins. And we thought our egos got involved and we were getting greedy. And we thought that any single additional product that we created, which we ended up creating wireless speakers. And then we created a charging backpack. 
And then we created all of these other products that were in like the consumer electronics space. And we thought just any single product that we created and put out into the same marketing system that we had with Instagram marketing would work and click with our audience. And it didn't work that simply. And we ended up getting greedy. We overpurchased on the inventory that wasn't proven in the marketplace. And we didn't test in the marketplace beforehand. And we ended up losing out on a lot of money, warehousing fees, shipping fees, a lot of places that we just didn't account for. But the the thing that was consistent through it all is our Instagram was consistently growing. The engagement was consistently growing, followers consistently growing. And we were consistently able to bring in sales of our good products that through our, our social media. And so what ended up happening during that transition is we had our backs up against the wall. We had a lot of inventory that we purchased that was just sitting there. And that's the cash basically just sitting in inventory. And basically we had to find something to transition into. And I was out for lunch this one day with my mom and my two brothers. And we have this person right behind us who's a real estate investor talking with his assistant. And she's talk- he's talking with his assistant and just bashing on his current social media team. It was hilarious, just right behind us, just coincidentally. And my mom overheard that and knows that we're running a business primarily in social media, of course. And the man, his name's Stefan Arneo. And he walks up and he's, he's leaving the table. And my mom waves him down and says, excuse me, uh, sir, I heard you're talking about social media. Were you talking about social media? And he's like, yes, I was. And Stefan's like, uh, what are you, and why you ask? And my mom's like, well, my two sons are actually unbelievable social media marketers. They're experts in their field. And then Stefan looks over at me. And he's like, how old are you? And I said that I'm 18. And then he's like, how old are you to my older brother? And he's like, I'm 21. He's like, perfect. Come to my <laughs> office. And he writes down his number on a postcard and he gives it to me. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Years back when I first set my business up to accept credit cards, I was really confused. Where do I go? And as I studied and looked into different companies, I kept finding this fee and that fee and this percent and that percent, and it was really very confusing. Is that done on purpose? I think so. And now I found a service called Payblocks, P-A-Y-B-L-O-X, and I really wish I had them when I started my first business. They make it so easy because they make processors compete for your business. They have this innovative platform that uses advanced algorithms and a vast network of providers that will match you with the best options. It's very, very cool. It allows me to enter in basic business information just once. And within 24 hours, I receive multiple quotes from multiple payment processors. And it's just very easy for you to see, all open, all transparent. And I really, really like it. And by the way, in the past, when I tried to get quotes, you know this, I would get inundated with sales calls from companies that I don't even remember sending my information. It just would go all over the place. Well, that's not going to happen here because Payblocks' platform prevents me from getting harassed by salesmen that I never wanted to speak to in the first place. I just want the data. I don't need all these long calls. And because of that, I get to see the rates and fees of everybody so I can, I can calmly look it all over and make my decision. We're all busy entrepreneurs here. We're trying to get our stuff done. And we just want the facts. We want the data. We want it right. We just want to rock. And what's really cool is once I select, oh, I like this one. Oh, this one has the best for me. Then the payment processor is given your contact information. I love it. So let's do this. Right now, Payblocks is doing a giveaway to small businesses. They're actually going to give $1,000 to 10 small businesses to help you grow. Enter to win this free giveaway valid only to the first 1,000 people to sign up for Payblocks using my code T-O-N-Y. So go to payblocks.com slash L-P slash T-O-N-Y to get your Payblocks account registered today. That's P-A-Y-B-L-O-X dot com slash L-P slash T-O-N-Y, payblocks.com slash L-P slash Tony. 
Do this now and enroll in the $1,000 Small Business Program Giveaway. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Revolutionizing Social Media Marketing with Luke Lintz. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. And if you like this show, please go to Apple Podcasts, hit that follow button, and drop a cool review. Look up the Tony D'Urso Show and give a kind one. Thank you so much for listening. And now back to the chat with Luke. And that entire night, I put together a contract, a proposal to send to him, give him a call. And I said, I might come to his office the next day. I ended up going to his office, pitching him and closing him on a $5,000 per month social media package that involved managing his Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, exactly what we did for our own brands. And it turned out very successful. And then it literally just turned into an agency from that. He ended up referring over other business. He ended up partnering with us on the agency. And then it ended up scaling up from that. And as part of this, I understand that there's this want this need to earn income, make revenue. We need that to pay our bills, eat food. But is there some purpose behind this? Like you could have found another product that people really needed that was hard to get. Why did you go into this? What's the purpose behind that? Yeah, for sure. It's a great question of like the purpose behind everything. We didn't really go into the original business, the wireless earbud business in terms of wanting to sell wireless earbuds for the rest of our lives. We just found an opportunity. We wanted wireless earbuds. And so it just transitioned into a business. In terms of going into the agency and starting to offer social media services and now to like what we do now, which is social media management, social media growth, press and publications, really just developing people's digital brands. The reason we we went into this is because it's our passion in life. Like I literally love growing other people's brands. I love giving very high level individuals a greater audience exposure than they currently have and being able to project their voice to where they deserve to be. I always say this in like calls with, with potential clients, like the majority of very high level individuals in whatever industry, real estate investors, anything, the majority of these very high level individuals have a very massive physical presence that their social media and their digital brands don't match up with. And it just doesn't make any sense. For example, a real estate investor that has a $100 million portfolio and like 10,000 followers on social media just doesn't match up and it doesn't make any sense. And it's actually lowering their overall credibility by having a weak social media presence. And I just love getting them to the point of their legitimacy, where it matches up with their physical business and exceeds it. That's very smart. I like the way you look at it. We're going to get more into it. We're talking about revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz. And you can find him at lukelintz.com, L-U-K-E-L-I-N-T-Z.com. And you'll get find links to his business and so forth there. So check that out. It's quite something. Luke, let's get into your vision path. As mentioned before, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. Help us learn. What advice would you give us if we're starting a business and we want to get into social media? What would you say would be the first platform that we should really look into getting involved with? For sure. Right now, no matter practically whatever business or industry that you're in, you should be focusing on TikTok right now. And where we're going into in 2023, 2024, it's all short form video content. And so we do a strategy with our social media clients that literally anybody listening to this can copy. And it's a really good social media strategy for any single business, any single public figure. And it's a great takeaway. So it's when you're focusing on short form video content, you focus on TikTok first and you basically 
depending upon whatever industry you're in, you first need, need to find the content that you're going to be creating. So you want to create a blank TikTok account. And from this blank TikTok account, you want to be going to the industry leaders in your specific industry, or if you're a public figure, going to other public figures that you think are posting content that's great for your niche and start liking the videos that are the most viral videos that you think that you could replicate on this fresh new TikTok account. What will happen is when you go to the homepage of your TikTok account of this fresh new one that you start liking people in your industry or other people that you resemble, it'll start populating with the most viral pieces of content in your specific industry. And you start liking and saving the ones that you think that you could replicate. TikTok feasts off of replication and duplication. It's a Chinese-based company. And so literally, you just save all of the ones that you think that you can replicate and you do it in your own way, whether it's a trend, whether it's like the way it's created in a specific way. Obviously, it's going to create a lot of work and effort. This is very easy said, <laughs> easier said than done. But once you do that, you will start getting viral pieces of TikTok content in your specific industry. Once you start posting those on your TikTok, the most viral pieces of content or really any single TikTok video, you can go to TikTok, save without a watermark on Google copy your TikTok link, paste it in there, download the TikTok video. And now you have this TikTok video without a watermark on it. And you post it on Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. And you did that all with the timing of just the TikTok. And it's a strategy that we do for a lot of our clients. And it proves amazing, especially when you're pumping out enough content where you're able to just take the viral TikTok videos. You notice that TikTok is a great like resemblance of what virality is. So any video that goes viral on TikTok goes viral on Instagram Reels, goes viral on Facebook Reels, and goes viral on YouTube Shorts. That's a brilliant strategy, and I really like that. And I'm going to listen to this again and evaluate that for myself. But the one thing I'm thinking about is these videos, they're, they're short. I mean, I, I watch... YouTube shorts and other short videos. They're very short. They're very quick. They're very funny. They're punchy. And I'm thinking this kind of shows my naivety on it, how that sells or makes one known for their product. I guess there's a bio there on the, on the TikTok. I'm not really familiar with the TikTok. I don't know that how many in the audience are. So maybe I'm asking this question for, on behalf of a number of us, Whatever I'm saying, okay, I replicated something that's viral. I get that. It gets a lot of exposure. I get that. But then people start following me and seeing what I'm about and then warm up to my products and services, I presume? For sure. Yeah. Again, this this goes into whatever industry that you're in. So like you're copying videos that are within your industry. So it's not like you're creating these viral pieces of content and then there's completely different ones the completely different videos that you're posting. Like for example, you, Tony, like you're, you're in say, like if you're, if you were going after podcast people, like I would be following the top podcast people taught like maybe Joe Rogan, what they're posting, maybe like Alex Hermosi, look at what they're posting. Some other like top, top people in like the podcast space, top business podcasts and be liking their most viral pieces of content and then recreating it in a certain way. A lot of them edit their videos. So it's a bit harder because they don't create custom content for it. So it is a bit more difficult specifically with that, but it's specifically for like a product based business. And will this lead to like sales specifically? I think of growing a social media presence as building your brand and not direct response marketing. Huge difference between like direct ads on TikTok ads, Facebook ads, and YouTube ads compared to building up your social media presence. And I tell this to the clients all the time in terms of building the brand is, is to giving you an infinite ROI. For example, with Facebook ads, if you're running a Facebook ad or a TikTok ad, you're judging the results of those ads directly off of the ROI, return on investment. You spend $1 and you want to get $2 out of it. It's not the exact same with putting content out there because you're getting that viewership. They're going to you, they're following your page, and then they're seeing your other content and marinating it. Usually, depending upon the industry or the product that the client is selling, we usually like pushing people towards long form content in order for them to marinate in that content and be more custom and trusted with your brand. And so usually with the short form content strategy, if our clients have enough time to create content, we do the short form content strategy 
And then we do YouTube as the long form content where we direct the majority of the traffic towards the YouTube page. This is the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Revolutionizing Social Media Marketing with Luke Lintz. And you can check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at TonyDurso.com slash podcast. And I do mean all seven years of interviews are found on the Master Archives at TonyDurso.com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Luke. I'm thinking with all that, and this is definitely something all new to me, and I really like it. So the first thing that you think we should get into is the TikTok and then put that and share that on the other social media platforms. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And that means it's now the best time. That means it's a great time to just kind of do that and follow that and put that energy into the social media on on a strategy like this. Now, if they need help, of course, they they can go to you for help, I'm sure, because there is a bit of editing and it's, you know, it's daunting. Even these shorts, you look at them, they're, they're like some really serious production numbers there. So you have to take a look at that. We're not necessarily all video experts, but if you're good at video, you can definitely do it on your own, I think. Now, should we not want to grow from from there, grow rapidly on other major media? We've got our TikTok. We've got our little shorts going. What do we do next? For this question, I would love to break down every single social media platform and basically the audience to listen to the breakdown of every single social media platform. And then from that, depending upon the industry, the business you're in or at the starting level you're at, you can get a good grasp of where should I be starting type thing. And I think this would give the most value. So if we look at YouTube... YouTube as the first platform. YouTube is an SEO powerhouse. That means it's SEO optimization. YouTube is owned by Google. And so the majority of YouTube videos will perform extremely well over a longer period of time because people will be searching for specific videos. So all of the videos that we post on YouTube have to be SEO optimized. It's it's primarily for people to be searching for the rest of their lives. We think of YouTube videos 10 years span where people will constantly be searching for that topic and unless we just don't post it. We never start up a YouTube channel for a client as their first social media channel. It just doesn't work. You just never do it. You won't get the traction. You have to have a base somewhere else on a YouTube channel just with how competitive it is. With that being said, the caveat is I would start up a YouTube channel for just YouTube shorts to be reposting your TikTok videos from it. So that's YouTube. If we go to Instagram, Instagram is the digital business card of today. Every single person, for the most part, on most most age groups, majority will go to Instagram primarily when you introduce them to someone. I think, Tony, you even introduced me to my Instagram first. I think probably for most of your podcast guests, you would probably like maybe do the website and then Instagram. But Instagram primarily, when you're meeting somebody in person, it's always the exchange of the Instagram. So I always say how Instagram is the digital business card. Now, what that means is Instagram's engagement is constantly declining. And it's going to be on a constant decline because we're in a very competitive market in the social media environment. And it's just going to get more competitive. And the user attention span and viewership is going to be going away from Instagram in the future. And it's just inevitable. And so with that being said, so with the combination of engagement numbers going down and it being a digital business card for your business, 
I think it's very critical for you to have an extremely good presence, no matter where you're at in your business, personal brand, just having an extremely good presence on your Instagram. That means professional photos. That means the the first like nine posts of your Instagram feed looking really good that you have at least one or two Instagram highlights, meaning that like when you post an Instagram story, you save them to your highlights with professional graphics on them, just like how you would do a, a business card. You put a lot of time. I remember when uh, some of my mentors and stuff would tell me how much time they would put into their business cards and stuff. And just people don't put that same emphasis on their Instagram presence. And so really, I don't focus that much on virality with our clients with Instagram. And it's more just making sure that their audience, that their current audience is really like captivated on their content and that their page, whenever somebody goes to their page, they know what it is in the first 0.2 seconds of looking at it. And that looks really nice and is a good representation of their business. TikTok by far right now is the number one uh, natural engagement platform that there is. There will always be platforms that will come up like this where the natural engagement will be far superior than other platforms. And right now it's TikTok and it's been this way for the past year. It's not like you're too late or that you missed the boat if you don't go on TikTok. Just do the strategy that I just said about TikTok and you'll start gaining some traction specifically in your industry. It's really key that whatever content that you're posting, especially short form video content, that you're posting about stuff that you're knowledgeable about. The last thing you want to be doing is regurgitating content that you're not actually knowledgeable about just to be like looking smart in that specific industry. And then the other ones we don't have to go too in depth with, but LinkedIn, mainly for business stuff. We use LinkedIn a lot for hiring. It's actually unbelievable for hiring. And it's super underutilized, but uh, having a good brand presence on there goes a very, very long way for candidates. And I've, I found that you can find some like extremely talented, all kinds of talent. We found press managers, social media managers, all by posting a job post, having a good profile and then looking us up on other platforms. Then Facebook, we found that Facebook groups has always been something that's been really big over the past three years. Facebook reels is something that's been they've been prioritizing and that you can actually get some really good engagement on. And then Twitter, Twitter's the only platform for short form written content. And it really has a market dominance over that. It's been really weird ever since Elon Musk has taken over it. So I don't really spend too much time on Twitter. I'm kind of waiting to see how things go with that. But I think from that, people can get a good idea of each social media platform, see where they're at and see where they want to take it. I really like that advice. And I'm thinking with this on many levels. And the one thing I want to kind of split off a little bit is when I talked about and introduced on the show where we have a product, we have a service, we want to launch it, we want to talk about, and I talked and I kind of directed everything down social media, but old school, maybe today, I don't know, but old school, when you have a product or service, the first thing you do is you advertise you and a lot of people to this day, I don't know how many millions will go on something like, like Google and start taking out Google ads and promote their product and service. And what we're doing here is we're saying, hey, you should really pump up, punch up the social media, get that to really rock on and how and why and some strategy. And so like, I want to compare because some people are going, but what, what about just advertising? You know, you talked about the, what, what is it? $2 to $1 that you'd like to make when you do like Facebook ads or whatever, but Google ads consistently, I mean, People are spending $20, $30, $50 or more for, for a lead, but it, the quality is good and it makes them money. So can you compare Google now in all this mix? For sure. Yeah, no, this is, this is an awesome thing to get into. But it, it's Google ads, but it's also like any form of direct advertising. Like if we talk about Facebook ads, TikTok ads, that as well, YouTube video ads too. And it's really the combination of setting aside the differentiation between the money you're spending on your brand and the money you're spending on direct advertising. And so what we do is we always build up somebody's brand first to a certain point before like really ramping up the direct ads. For example, if you are spending money on Google ads, somebody clicks on your website, but then somebody clicks on your social media presence and doesn't see anything significant there. Or for example, if we get into the 
getting to the topic of press and articles and TV features, which is something else that we, we offer and work for with our clients, is that when you're running Google ads and the only thing they see is your website and then they search up your business name on Google and nothing else comes up besides your website, that, that's a problem. That's like not establishing credibility. That, that's not other people talking about your business. And so same with Facebook ads, TikTok ads and stuff is that if you're running all of these direct ads without a, a good solid brand presence, you're losing out on so much potential revenue because they're coming and you're getting the eyes seeing your business, but then they're leaving because the trust factor isn't there. And in my mind, I don't want to be wasting all of those ad dollars to be getting all of this viewership and all of these eyes to come seeing a brand that isn't extremely established. And I, I can say firsthand is that we've made, we ran Facebook ads as our first stuff. We ran Instagram and Facebook ads as our first stuff before growing our social media presence. And the results were abysmal, even though Facebook ads and Instagram ads were way cheaper than they are today. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Revolutionizing Social Media Marketing with Luke Lintz. And if you like our show, please remember our sponsor who made it possible, Payblocks, the first merchant marketplace that's giving away $1,000 to 10 small businesses just like you. And I know you'll love their services. Find them at payblox.com slash the letter L, the letter P, slash T-O-N-Y. You'll do that, won't you? Thanks so much. And now back to the chat with Luke. But now we run Instagram ads and Facebook ads about our social media press services. And the results are phenomenal because whenever they're seeing the Facebook or Instagram ad and they click on the profile, they see our 1 million followed Instagram page verified and they see all of our client testimonials on there. And it speaks for itself. They're booking a call with us, with our team because they know that the trust factor is there. And that's how I, I kind of bring things with the clients as well. I like that. That's that's very good. And uh, it gives me more insight as well as, and I hope to our audience as well, so that they can compare and make the good decision and good choices. Because I think you still have to do some advertising, especially, I mean, so many, many big brand names advertise and they're, they're giants on social media as well. I think both, it's the two-pronged approach. I think both are super important, but maybe one at a time, depending on the budget. One thing I want to ask about this is the uh, these social media companies that we mentioned, they change their algorithms, logarithms, their whatever, their protocols change. For me personally, I still get a great response on Twitter. Uh, and I agree with you on Instagram, the engagement kind of goes down and my, my followers go up and the engagement goes down. Things change and we don't know what the future is going to come, but I'd like to know about some of the challenges perhaps that you're having now or you're seeing come up, especially in social media, if you could kind of help us see where are we going with all this? Yeah, huge challenges overall with clients that are just getting going. Usually those are the biggest challenges where we actually see that there's just a huge separation where it's even harder to just get going but it's even easier for our clients who are already established to keep going to the next level. And that's just because there's so many people on social media across all of the social media platforms, but there's so much competition. 
and the barrier to entry is so easy. So when you have so much competition in an industry and the barrier to entry is so easy, it's just extremely hard to compete and you have to set yourself out in a very unique way. And unfortunately, you have to dedicate a lot of time to it and it's not going to come overnight. And so when we like, quote unquote, sell our clients that are like, have an amazing like business and are wanting to get into social media and like they're say a top 1% entrepreneur business and they want to get their social media to match their business uh, physically to like their actual online brand. We, we let them know that it's not going to be an overnight thing, just like growing their business. It, it's the same aspect that you don't expect your business to get to that level overnight. It's that exact same thing with social media. And it's about putting in the time, putting in the effort and constantly innovating, just like you do in your business. And it is about dedicating the time. Hiring an agency isn't necessarily being like, okay, now I'm not going to do absolutely anything. It's to give you the pathway to get to it faster. And, and you're still going to have to put in the time, put in the effort. So true. And last but not least, you your company does Preston TV, and I'm wondering if there's any wisdom or gems that you can uh, you can give us and share with us about press and TV that you guys do. For sure, yeah, just some yeah. So we we do high level uh, publications and TV features for our clients, and uh, really just getting them to rank right at the top of Google because we want their first and second page to be filled with like other people talking about them. And we do that through a series of depending upon the packages. We mainly do like earned media, so where we take the client's story, see if they have a really good story, and then we pitch it to all of our journalist connections that we have at various outlets via several different methods. But some actual things that people can do if they're wanting to get like a higher Google ranking presence right off the bat. Well, one is the YouTube thing that I was talking about, making sure that all of your YouTube descriptions, titles, if you're on YouTube, titles and descriptions match up with your website keywords and make and they'll they'll eventually start ranking when people start searching up your business name or personal name so making sure all of those match up together another thing is signing up for free article platforms as a contributor and so what you can do is you can go to platforms like medium.com amazing platform has a 91 domain authority and you can sign up to be a contributor on that platform basically what that means is you get a certain amount allocated slots where you can write articles that include aspects about your business. And of course, you have to spend the time or you could hire somebody on your team, but you you have to spend the time to be writing those articles. But it'll say published under Luke Lentz. Great free alternative, basically like posting blog posts, but using other people's domain authority and all the money that they spend on their SEO. That's a really good takeaway. Another good takeaway is if you don't have the money to spend on public relations, but you think that you have a really good story that could get picked up in the news type thing. A really good thing is to look for journalists that are writing about your specific topic or your specific industry just by searching on Google if it's a very unique topic, looking at articles that published in that specific topic or industry, and then finding the journalist name that wrote about that, going onto their social media presence and sending them a DM or finding their email through like a Chrome extension called like Lead Hunter, sending them an email. Again, this is like a lot of work, but again, if you don't have the utilities like money to pay for services, like you have to get, uh, you have to get scrappy with the, the methods of making sure you get that Google presence up. Those are some very good uh, suggestions there. And there's other ways too. I think there's something called Harrow Help a Reporter Out, where uh, uh, journalists uh, are looking for answer, not answers, but information about certain topics and they post those topics. And if you're an expert on one of those topics, you get a chance to submit and perhaps get picked up, things like that. So many good ideas. I think if, I think if these ideas that we just talked about were followed, uh, a business couldn't help but just really get out there and, and increase their social presence and their authenticity and their authority on social media. So I really appreciate that. Once again, we spoke about revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz, and you can find him again at LukeLintz.com. Luke, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You gave us a gold mine of information. I am so grateful on behalf of our audience. Thank you so much. Tony, thanks for having me on. Thanks for everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. 
And here's an insider's brief about dealing with anxiety with ways of thinking and acting that can help you stop worrying, start living. And for us entrepreneurs and business people, that means business growth. In fact, that means for happy business growth. Well, we're going to teach you how to face what you've been avoiding without giving into your compulsions to make that anxiety go away. We speak with Joanna Hardis, who is trained in ERP, that's Exposure and Response Therapy. Hi, Joanna, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Tony. Pleasure is mine, and as an entrepreneur, I'm very interested in this. We get, we, or I should say, I would get really like worried sometimes about this and that and so many things, so I'm very interested in this interview for my own reasons as well as our audience here. So let me start from the top, please. Can you tell us what is distress tolerance and how does that relate to feeling better? Sure. Distress tolerance is a well-known concept in the field of mental health. And I'm going to start by talking about distress intolerance because it's a little bit easier to go that route. And that is someone's perception that they cannot handle negative internal states and the behavior that then follows. So that negative internal state could be fear, worry, anxiety, frustration, distress, and then the person will avoid. So it could sound like, oh, I can't handle making that presentation. I can't bear to make that pitch in front of people, so I'm not going to do it or I'll avoid, or I'll procrastinate. So it's the person's perception or their self-limiting story about what they can handle, and then the behavior that follows it. I'm thinking with that. And one thing I noticed is you have, a, let's call it a tagline. Now, at the end of my show, I say to people, just take action, you know, and I talk about success is made by perseverance. You say, just do nothing. So please, <laughs> can you clarify that? Yes. Well, and it's tr- It's catchy, isn't it? We want someone to focus on action. So yes, that is true. However, what I want people to do less of is the stuff that they do in their heads. Because people that are used to achieving sometimes also use that same that same drive toward the stuff in their head. So they may be prone to overthinking or ruminating or worrying. And in the case of anxiety, we want to do less of those behaviors because the more that we do with feelings, the stronger those feelings get. So I want people to let those feelings be instead of trying to make those feelings go away. I want people to learn to let those feelings be and put the focus on behaving, doing what is important to them, taking those actions and not necessarily waiting until they feel better or they feel ready or they feel motivated. That makes so much sense. I just ran into that where I was expecting something that I was told would happen a month earlier and it didn't happen. And I kept waiting and it built up a little anxiety. And yet my the wise the wise side of me, I guess, it said, just be patient, do nothing. But it's very hard to do sometimes, Joanna. And I think this is one of the reasons anxiety gets people, it, it gets us stuck into it. And Maybe you could tell us about that. And it sounds easy to say, but how do we get unstuck? Well, I think it's a process. I think people want so much. They focus on the outcome. People want, they expect to feel better. They want to feel less anxious. And what I want people to do is to focus less on how they feel. Because the minute that you focus so much on the outcome, which is how you feel or having less thoughts, the more you're going to have them. 
So many times getting unstuck is putting the focus on the behavior. So putting less of the attention on how you feel or if you continue to have the thoughts and more on how you're responding to those thoughts. It is easy to say that, but it's also very therapeutic to do that. So instead of focusing on that feeling, we're focusing on what we should do, which separates us from the feeling and feeling that strangeness. We all have words for anxiety. Let's just call it strangeness or whatever. But to get away from that, if we focus on what we should be doing and what's right or what's proper, we can we can separate a little bit from that. Does that sound right? Yes. We extract the urgency. Oftentimes when we feel anxious or we feel worried, we're responding to how we feel, which I, I agree with you. It doesn't feel good. And, and we react to how we feel. But, I, but if we can get that distance from it by focusing on the action, we allow the feeling to pass. So it's a question of zooming out. The pro, what, what gets people stuck is that they zoom in and they focus on how they're feeling. Why am I worried so much? What does this mean? Does this mean I'm not making the right decision? Does this mean I'm thinking of this wrong? Does this mean that I'm, you know, and they get so focused and they dig a deeper hole. That makes so much sense. I've lived it. I've been there. I know exactly what you're saying. Me too. Me too. And now you have a new book. Can you tell us about that? And why did you write it? Yes. Well, and I'm so excited for the book because The book came out of interest that I was having professionally as an anxiety specialist working with people with this concept of distress tolerance, because I think it fills this niche in the market because people are, there's wonderful books about mindset, about getting ready to make changes, about the importance of change, about anxiety. But no one talks about what to do as you're making the change and that those feelings come up, that dread feeling or that discomfort or that distress. So I wanted to make a book for the lay public about how to relax into the distress, how to move through it so that people could make the changes that they want to make. I get you. We have a few minutes. Can you can you give us some of the action steps and some of the things just like along with what we've already spoken uh, let's say additional steps that we could take to to really get this really get this down pat. Sure. The book is laid out into different what I call mental fitness skills because I approach mental health much like physical health and physical fitness as skills. And I, and, I, and I put them in the book as mental fitness skills that build on, build on each other. So it's brain training. So we have to train our brain, train our attention to go where we want it to go. Because with anxiety and worry, it often lives in our imagination. It lives in the what ifs versus the what is. So there are exercises at the end of every chapter that are skill-based to help you. So one may be an attention training or a mindfulness about how you determine the difference between facts and what is versus the story your mind may tell you. Like that. That's very good. And what's the title of the book? Just Do Nothing, A Paradoxical Guide to Getting Out of Your Way. If you and I co-wrote a book, it'd be Just Do Nothing and Just Take Action. (laughs) Yes, it would. (laughs) That should be successful. I love it. And for for you, our listeners, you can find out more at joannahardis.com. I'll spell that. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-H-A-R-D-I-S.com. Joanna. Artist.com. 
Joanna, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us some information about this. I know your new book is is coming out just about the time that this podcast is going out, plus or minus. So if you don't find it uh, for our audience, if you don't find it just yet on Amazon or wherever, just go to joannahardis.com, look for the information, check it out. She's got some great information there. I brought her on because I think this is really helpful. Well, I don't think, I know. I know this is very helpful for us entrepreneurs and business people because that anxiety is so powerful sometimes that it can make be the difference between getting something done that's important or not. And sometimes, you know this, you've all lived through it. Our 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 worst fears are no longer realized. We thought something different and it, it never happened. It was never that way in the first place. So when you get that, if you just do nothing and just take action, I'm teasing. Yes. You'll find that it really helps quite a bit. Joanna, I want to thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tony. I've loved being here. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We spoke about revolutionizing social media marketing with Luke Lintz. We talked about so many things, social media. I loved it. For example, what's the first platform that you should get into when you're starting your business or you just want to grow your business? And he even talks about doing it all fresh with TikTok. It's such great advice. He gave us a good breakdown on social media. We talked about how to rapidly grow on major media platforms. We talked about different strategies, and we talked about what's perhaps the most important social media platform that you should be on. We talked about advertising versus promotion on social media, advertising on Facebook, advertising on Google. We talked about social media challenges, press and TV, so many good points. I'm going to listen to this again. And please tell me what hit home with you on this. I'd love to know. And please share this with a few friends to help them too, all right? Okay, let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks for remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. And here's an insider's brief about the future of sport, how IBM is bringing tennis to life for fans through new AI-driven technologies. Now, IBM is introducing AI-powered fan experiences for tennis fans in partnership with the United States Tennis Association, the USTA, which hosts the U.S. Open. With us is Noah Sykin, Vice President, IBM Sports and Entertainment Partnership. Hi, Noah. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Noah, let's start from the top and kind of explain this to the audience. Perhaps let's start here. What are fans looking for in the future of sports? Yeah, we think fans are looking to engage deeper. Uh, and that's what our partners are asking us to help with. How do they get uh, more fans to care about whatever the activity is, golf, tennis, music? How do they get them to care about it more? How do they get them to participate in it more? How do they get them to visit uh, their digital platforms, watch their broadcast. And so, you know, in a world where social media is now kind of the predominant media, uh, the barriers have been kind of eliminated between fans and athletes and the partners. And so we try to kind of bring the fans closer, get them more engaged, give them something to talk about, give them something to engage in, get them, get them talking about the, the event. We think technology is, is part of the solution. And with this, in the talking about the future of sports, we have AI inter, being introduced to this. Now, it, there's already AI going on. Fans are probably more familiar about it, depending on the, the particular type of sport that sporting events that they like to watch and attend. For me, it's very, very new. So I'm, so I'm just going to ask it as a question. Artificial intelligence in sports? How does that work? Yeah, we've been bringing artificial intelligence to the world of sports for many years. Um, We've been reading millions of articles about tennis players and golf, golfers and football players, you know, in bringing those insights to fans in, in new ways over the past several years. What's, what's really new this year is generative AI. There's been a lot of focus on that in 2023. 
people may have talked about chat GPT, et cetera. Um, but we've really thought about how to bring generative AI to the US Open this year using our new Watson X development platform. And so uh, as context, one of the most visited uh, uh, um, spaces in, in the digital landscape for the US Open is video. And people just want to consume video. And if you think about a tennis event, there's 17 matches uh, happening simultaneously across the grounds, but there's only commentators calling the matches on maybe two or three courts. Um, and so the USTA and IBM, we were really talking about how do you bring this commentary to all of our matches? So for 254 matches, uh, singles matches at the US Open this year, the, all of the highlight packages will have generative AI powered commentary uh, on those highlight packages when they get published. So as soon as uh, Carlos Alcaraz's match is over, they publish a highlights package. We've automatically generated the commentary on top of that in order to enrich that experience for fans. And so that's one of the ways that we think about how AI can actually help enrich um, spaces where there's no commentary today, creating new experiences. That's very clever. And now this year for the USTA, is IBM doing anything additional or different to, let's say, bring it all to life? Yeah, so in addition to the AI commentary packages that people have a, a chance to experience, uh, we have something called the AI draw analysis. So when all the matchups get uh, uh, published on Friday of this week, we actually use all of the data uh, to actually assess each one of those matchups uh, and give a likelihood to, to win for each of those matchups, a prediction, but also look at the path to the finals. Who's going to have a difficult draw? Who's going to have a maybe an easier draw? And that's, that's based on using the most recent data and the IBM Power Index. The players get ranked historically based on 52 weeks of data. We actually look at the data over the, you know, uh, placing a premium on the recent performance of those players. So in some cases, a global world ranking may not actually reflect how the player is playing today. And so, again, in the, in the AI draw analysis, we try to draw those uh, distinctions out and give fans a perspective on where the upsets may occur and what matches they may want to watch. I see. Is IBM doing this in any other sports platform or venues right now? Yeah, so we started this work at the Masters this year, and flash forward, as the tennis, uh, as the U.S. Open winds down, the NFL season uh, starts up here in the States, and so we partner with ESPN Fantasy Football, and we bring sa the same kind of Watson X-powered insights into the uh, fantasy football platforms of ESPN helps people. Uh, we have uh, scores that are uh, produced by our AI around trade propo uh, proposals, around waiver proposals. And so we think that, you know, these are the kinds of tools that fans are expecting more. And so we're trying to provide new perspective to fans to make them smarter uh, in terms of who they put on the field any given week in fantasy football. And this also helps drive engagement for ESPN and get more, you know, more interaction on those apps. And that allows ESPN to monetize those apps, you know, that much more. I see. Now our audience are primar primarily, or is it my audience is primarily uh, entrepreneurs and the business person. And okay, this is, this is very good for sports. This is good when we want to take a break or watch a match or, or, or what have you. Can, can we see how, how this may apply to businesses and what maybe IBM is doing in that? You mentioned it's a video world. Well, my, my show is, is good on audio, but people are consuming more and more video. There's no doubt about it. Uh, people love going to YouTube. People love watching stuff, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have to go more into that. How is this affecting that world of business? And, and, and let's kind of talk more about what IBM is doing for that. Yeah, so look, we, uh, the USTA, US Open is a business just like Fortune 500 companies or large or small businesses. They call their customers and clients fans, but they have the same needs. They, I bet all of your listeners are very interested in what cloud computing needs for them. That's something IBM brings to the table. They, need to, they want to protect all of their digital platforms, so they need great cybersecurity. And they, they're probably really curious about what this generative AI uh, wave means to them. And and I think about it in a couple of different spaces. You know, one is customer service. Chatbots think about it. How do you service your customers at scale with repeatable answers? Generative AI is going to be one of those capabilities. Um, if you think about 
um, some of the, you know, some of the capabilities around developing tech, uh, developing IT technologies that support any business, large or small. A lot of the code that's going to be underpinning a lot of the development over the future is going to be assisted by, a, you know, AI generated uh, capabilities. And so whether it's customer service or the underpinnings of the technology, um, these are the same kind of capabilities large and small businesses need. And I, I just make one final point, which is trusted data. Whether you're a big business, a small business, or a sports event, you want to be able to trust your data. And we think that um, you know, part of the differentiator moving forward is if you're a business, you need to be able to deliver services to customers based on trusted data. You need to know what data you're using so that the output of these genera uh, generative uh, platforms is trusted to your customer and they know that they can trust your company. So um, a lot of activity out there, but you need to understand where your data is coming from and be able to trust the data in the, in the era moving forward. One thing I'd like to get a quick definition on, some of, our, some of our audience probably knows, some may not. You've mentioned several times generative data. Can you expound a little bit on that and explain perhaps what that means so that we can understand how what that is or uh, yeah what that is in relation to AI yeah so these are this these these are capabilities that generate new kinds of content so uh, you may input data you may input the the tennis data all that data feed coming off the court as an example an ace a passing shot uh, a winner right what does that mean well we train these models uh, to understand what language actually means foundational models is what we call them so those foundational models underpin generative technologies. Once we've taught the model the language of tennis, then we can actually output original content, generate original content based on what those models have learned. So this is actually creating content, creating language, if you will, from scratch based on what we've taught the artificial intelligence. And is it easy to, that may not be the right question, is it easy to understand the, the metrics and how the how significant that impact is with its inclusion as opposed to how it was before so can you tell hey we we implemented this type of ai generative data methodology technology and we got these great results do you, is that statisized uh, we have a, a variety of different metrics so as an example we we rolled out this this particular capability at wimbledon you know just a couple short weeks ago and we saw incremental lift of millions of video views uh, that we didn't see before. So again, it's about, you know, the, the, our partners want to see their fans engaging more, more interest in the sport. And so when we roll out these new video packages, I think it was over 2 million new video views we saw for the AI commentary at, uh, at Wimbledon. So, you know, we want to see more consumption, more engagement, and more interest in the events. Absolutely astounding. For our listeners, you can find out more at ibm.com slash sports and check into this and see how perhaps it may affect, impact, or improve your business. I like it a lot. Noah, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us this insider's brief on what IBM is doing uh, in sports. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tony. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go enjoy the weekend.